Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Oh my God, my bastards are quiz masters. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. And me being the super Bowls man I am, I brought a Bowls jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. I'm delighted to say Sarah Rowe is with us now. Sarah, good morning to you all the way from Australia. How are you? Morning, how are you? Uh, you're playing Aussie Rules again, is that correct? Is that where you are at the moment? Yeah, yeah, back in um, Melbourne the last three weeks now, uh, back into pre-season. How's that going? Yeah, good. It's obviously, um, I've been transitioning sports over the last year, so having gone back to soccer for six months and going back into AFL again, it, you know, there's always a transition phase with that. Um, but yeah, I had a great time just going back to a sport that I love, a sport that I grew up playing and now I suppose I was always in contract with Collingwood so I'm back into the business end of things now. It's um, Our training load has increased a lot and the expectations of players over the coming season is far more than it has been any other seasons. We now train during the day and then we do two night sessions whereas it used to be all night sessions so like a few things have changed um, and the expectations is definitely higher so it's been yeah it's been a tough three weeks coming straight back in but um, yeah enjoying the system and just being back in a professional environment. I think I remember hearing you say before Sarah that you have to train your mind a certain way to play these different sports and each time I guess when you're going back and forth between different sports is it tough or, or do you manage to is it, is it almost like a light switch it depends how long you're out from the game like obviously with me being out from soccer for eight years like that was a real challenge like in you know the first few weeks were very difficult because you have an expectation of yourself where you think you should be at and the standard you hold yourself to but like really that was a version of you eight years ago so it's like you know being a nurse being a teacher whatever if you don't practice it you lose it so for me I felt like I had to relearn a lot of things like even the language around the game like the tactical aspect the technical aspect and then obviously the physical side your touch all that stuff so it really felt like I was learning something again um, but Melbourne Victory was such a big help to me in that because it was, you know, directly from Collingwood into another professional environment. So I was exposed to, you know, such great education and great coaches. And then obviously transitioning then back to Bowes was great because I needed as much games as possible to, um, you know, get up to standard as quick as possible. But um, then going back to AFL now this time around, because I've only been away from the game for six months, it doesn't feel like as much of a transition. Um, it's just more so the strength side of the game. Um, you just need to adapt your body again and probably put on a kg or two and then go again. So it doesn't feel as hard coming back this way. It felt a lot harder going back to soccer. Fitness-wise, soccer, Aussie rules, Gaelic football, like how, how do they rank? Yeah, they're they're very similar in ways and going across the three sports you can um I feel like I can compete in every game with the level of fitness that I have from say AFL transitions across to soccer and soccer transitions across to Gaelic. But there there's small differences in terms of like what we do with soccer. Say you might lift weights like twice a week in AFL you'll do three to four um and our runs are a lot longer and it's a very powerful explosive game so like there is slight differences and you definitely I think like our strength conditioning coaches like to me is like I'll get you back to where you need to be in four weeks 
and it's not a massive jump but there is a transition phase where he's like i need you to be this this and this so we adapt and change my training from um soccer to afl so yeah there's a bit of a process with it but it's not massive like it does there's not huge gaps do you have the same gps stats can you compare and contrast like the number of sprints you do in a afl game versus soccer versus a ga yeah like you would um it's, it is interesting to look at that side of things because like in a soccer game you might do say 11 12k at uh, 14k including your warm and high intensity running would be anywhere between like 500 meters to kind of 800 meters but then afl obviously the game is shorter and you're rotating on and off what you would maybe do between 9 and 10k and then your high intensity running would be about a kilometer 1.2 kilometers and um, so the high intensity running seems to be a bit more in AFL than it is in soccer obviously soccer is a lot more there's a lot of change in direction and short steps and um, so that's what I mean by there's just being really small details, but you when you know your body so well, you go into those environments and you know exactly what you need. To, you kind of know exactly what you need to do. Like that when I went from AFL to soccer, I was like, I feel a bit heavy. I don't feel that light in my feet. And um, I need to get my short steps better. I need to do more agility work and I need to go into a power phase and less of the strength phase. So yeah, it, it does just take a small bit of time. What's the World Cup like in Australia? Because obviously, you know, you've, um, you know this Ireland team so well and you've kind of been in Australia on and off over the last couple of years. How big an event is it? Are you seeing it every day or uh, has it actually captured the public's imagination just yet, do you think? Yeah, well, I was up in Sydney last Wednesday and I just soaked up the atmosphere of all the Irish fans and it was just incredible to see those green jerseys walking around everywhere it was just like re- like really and truly Irish fans are the best fans in the world and just they go above and beyond so that was really cool to see and then in Melbourne there's a lot of stuff around the World Cup like a lot of the rugby teams soccer teams like Melbourne Victory they've been kicked out of their facilities because FIFA are in with teams training in their facilities we have to park somewhere else for training because you know the World Cup is taking precedence at the moment but um so yeah, there's things like that happening. There is an atmosphere around Richmond area, which is, um, I suppose, the centre of sport in Melbourne. So you can really feel it, and you can see it. Everyone's talking about the games, and it's just it's so good to see the way women and sport have, like, you know, the profile of it all has grown so much. Like people are asking you, like, are you watching the game tonight? And like, you know that they're talking about the women's game. Like, you're not normally when someone asks, is, are you watching the game tonight? It's a generally a men's game. So. Um, I think it's yeah incredible to see the Irish performance, Sarah, in that opening game. Uh, I guess pure disappointment that they couldn't nick a goal at the end and take something from the game. But still, it, 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 I guess it leaves us in a, in a reasonable position. We think now we can potentially push the Canadians, get a result there. Um, so it was disappointing from a result perspective, but performance wasn't bad. Yeah, I thought the performance was really good. I thought the girls did really well. And I think they made it really hard for the Matildas to play the style of football that they wanted to play. I think they were very well organised and set up. Um, I think they were very unlucky, unfortunate to concede a penalty, obviously. And you would have liked to have the ideal result out of that game would have been a draw. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing in that way. But I think the girls can hold their heads up high and... Yeah, Canada is a massive game on Wednesday and they really need a big performance. 
were you disappointed not to be not to have made the final I guess squad standby list how how close do you think you you'd pushed it um yeah I think time was a big factor um for me as well I think getting back into soccer was just like it was just so enjoyable for me to go back to it like I had this itch I had this itch to go back for so long and um, well I was on standby so um I was in a home based training camp just before the squad was announced so I felt like I just ran out of a small bit of time I think I needed a couple of more weeks to uh, play a few more games and then um get into a few more squad training sessions I think I would have had probably a bit more of a chance then but no wasn't disappointed was loved the process of soccer and um, loved going back to it in the first place so I was and I, also the girls like so many of the girls have worked so hard to get you where they are and like it's you know the squad that got picked was um, a great squad and you see girls like you know Megan Ca- uh, Campbell you see the Kieran and these girls being left out of the squad and like Jamie Finn even not being selected in the actual squad so it's like very disappointing for those girls whereas um, for me it was just a process of going back to football and seeing where it would take me and knowing that I was close and um, was you know good just to know that I could be in around the squad but um, yeah I was I was delighted for the girls who got selected. How do you think we're going to do in the next two games? I think again I think Ireland make it really hard for teams to play because they work really hard and they just that never say die attitude that Irish people have and it's just something that you either have it and I think we have it in our blood um, or you don't and I think that's what really um, gets us across the line in big games so I think I'd love to see Amber Barrett come on I'd love to see a few other girls come on and get games on like Chloe Mustaki and you know maybe mix it up a small bit and but I think yeah, it's anyone's game. Obviously, like in a World Cup, anything can happen. I think um, I'd like to see them beat Nigeria. I'd like to see them get some sort of result out of Canada, either draw or sneak a 1-0 and win. But that's kind of where I see it. And when's your first game? When, when does the season restart? Season doesn't start until September. So we've another five weeks of pre-season Ooh. And left. Is, is that five weeks yeah. of misery? <laughs> Five weeks of misery. The the first block is like a strength block. The last three weeks have been the hardest three weeks of training I'd say I've ever done. Um, which is yeah, saying a lot, but it's it's been great. Like that's what you want. Like you want to you want to be uncomfortable the whole way through, and then we're kind of going into a a bit more of a deload week this week, and then we'll ramp it up again for like three weeks free games and then we're into games so yeah it just it flies but we're over the worst block but it's you know it's still obviously everyone's competing for places now so it's you know it's never like you can ever relax Alright Did I see you were training with Andrew Omobamadele recently Sarah as part of the pre-season? Yeah I was I was um, training over in Portugal for a few days and there was a camp called the Radcliffe Group and there was a load of um, soccer players filtering in and out and um, of the campus gym so I was just happened to be training there and I got talking to a few coaches and they were asking what sport I played and then I they just said do you want to join in for a couple of sessions so joined in it was great it's always great to train with boys I feel like um it's it's something they do a lot of in soccer is you play against underage teams even with Melbourne Victory like we would play challenge games against underage boys teams and it just gets your mind thinking and it's 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 really good and it's really good for your development. So yeah, it's great. It's great. 
Sarah, good stuff. We let you go. Thanks a million for joining us again. Cheers. Thanks, guys. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.